0: This is Jason Cass. This is Scott Neerman. We are MP Local, where we want you to know that you are not alone. I tell you what, Scott, this business is not easy. It has its own unique
1: challenges. This is not about bottom line only. This is not about profit only. We're about mission and changing communities in the nonprofit world.
0: That... Is why we started this podcast called MP Local. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, you local listeners, to another episode of MP Local Podcast, where we are here for you. I'm Jason Cass. And I'm Scott Neerman. And here, you're never alone. Hey Scott, we're back. This is part two. Some of you guys were so excited about what you just heard. You went immediately on to the next one. We know, we know, but we had to keep it right at 20 minutes. And what we're talking about is I'm going to turn it right back over to Scott because I want to make sure that you get the full 20 minutes. Um, we really were planning on going that long on the first one, but there's a lot of good nuggets. I think Scott and I had a little bit too much coffee and life is just good. So here's what we've been talking about. We've been on the Center for Creative Leadership and we were talking about engaging. And how leaders can strengthen, there's four areas of employee engagement, okay? And the first one we did was leadership engagement, or excuse me, leader engagement. And the second one was job engagement. And then Scott jumped over to team engagement because that's what you do in an organized world. And Jason jumped back to job engagement. But we're going to start at that, team engagement.
1: But that's because they both talk about trust and, right. and how important is trust. That's right. Uh, it's both everything. Trusting the employee to do the job. And as you said, late in the last episode, avoiding micromanaging, but also the team trusting Mm -hmm. each other. So to to tie that together, you know, we were heading into team engagement. Mm -hmm. um, And and I think this has been particularly difficult, as the article notes, uh, because we now have hybrid teams. Mm -hmm. Um, You you noted you have virtual employees. I know that uh, many others that use virtual employees for secretarial things, for editing, whatever the case may be. But I want to read this again. In team engagement, CCL says the success of any team often depends upon how well team members work together and how much they trust each other. Mm-hmm. It goes on to say teams work best when members feel safe expressing divergent opinions and know that they can count on each other. Uh, so I mentioned, you know, that we're covering for an employee that's out in my office right now. And, um, you know, it's it's going to be a challenging January, but uh, we know that we're going into it. But because the employees are... Very committed to the mission. We've got the right people and the right jobs right now. And this leader is certainly engaged. I, I pour my heart and soul into wherever I work.
0: Now, so let's talk. You said, I think about we'll this, survive. You said this quiet quitting in the last one. Okay. Right. And then right. I bring that back to where I am. And if you remember, local listeners, I brought up the silly thing about like the kingdom and the empire. Right. But let's go back to that strategy because this is what I would be saying to my team if I was talking about this and thinking about this. My team, it's not so much the ones who are quiet quitting. It's the ones also who aren't excelling like they should as well. You know what I mean? So, right. so how do we prevent that quiet quitter is making sure that everybody understands they have their own piece of the empire, but everybody's empire is successful based on other people's empire, mm-hmm. right? So so when we, when we understand the old saying, we only are strong as the weakest link. Like We say that a lot, but as a team, you should bring that up to your team and say, think of that. Think of a chain. Think of one link being being broke. I mean, we all know if we pull it, it's going to break. And that's how we have to be because here's what happens. You've got to somehow expose. Now, I could be wrong here and I want you to challenge me on this, but I think you have to expose that quiet quitter. And how you do is by giving them love. They're either going to love you back or they're going to leave, right? That's just how, how life is in any relationship. And I think sometimes it's not mm-hmm. saying, oh, that person's not picking, holding their weight or this person. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. That's the worst thing that you can do. Cause now they're going to cement themselves right there. Let's, let's, right. let, you have to do that. And I think it goes back to, and I'll end going back to the job engagement when everybody's engaged and realize that the organization yeah. is successful based on their work. But when we say organization, let's define that. What is that? The people that work there, the responsibilities we have, the organization as a whole to the government. You know what I mean? So I think this is very, very important. We have to look at the other teammates to be able to help bring that teammate out of being a quiet quitter or quit for real, loudly.
1: Well, and this is is a challenge of management, right? Again, I use that uh, Jim Collins book, uh, Good to Great. And the very first step, is getting the right people on the bus. And and we've talked about this early on in this podcast, I think, getting the right people in the right seats on the right bus. So, Mm -hmm. you know, the perfectionist in me takes that a little step further. But generally speaking, if you don't have the right people and they're not engaged and committed to the job, you as a leader may be engaged. But without the right people, your leadership will not be successful. Agree. Agree. And so that's,
0: to me, that is really one of the core Challenges uh, very, of leadership. Very, and the people who listen to this are agreeing with you right now, Scott. So,
1: in addition to trust, we mentioned those team norms, and and you talked about also the, the idea of policies, procedures that are fences for not micromanaging, but giving folks the free range within certain parameters, and that's something we've been working on in my office quite a lot in recent years because when you're severely understaffed, or when you have leadership that is not engaged, or that has uh, had some turnover, uh, or you just have these earth-shattering situations like like the pandemic, right? That just changes what those norms ever have been yeah. before. So we have hybrid teams, we have uh, all these health challenges, various things. It's critical to step back, and again, one of my goals for 2023 is to step back and say, okay, let's be sure we have the right people doing the right things. Mm-hmm. Let's be sure that we have those policies and procedures firmed up so everybody knows those parameters, and you know employees, let me tell you, if you're not the leader, read the policy. Uh, my team has uh, begun to tease me because I I won't answer their questions sometimes. I'll say, well, that's in the gift acceptance policy, or that is in our uh, conflict of interest policy, so and good. you know where to find it. So, so, so it's not my job to always have the policies memorized and nobody has to have them memorized. You just got to know where to find the answer and, and know where to look.
0: And having a good database that you can do that outside right. of just the names and all the right. other stuff, but database for internal documents. Oh um, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: We have, we have a uh, server files on the, the server where I'm at and they have accrued and been organized by multiple people over years and years. So one of the things that our team can improve on is by delegating someone to Go through those files with a, uh, a sense of logic and do some cleanup, mm-hmm. and so that's also again the part of that's in policy, right? You have a document retention and destruction policy. Well, these days, sometimes that's hard copies that you're keeping or destructing, and other times it's electronic copies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's right. So, so all of that, you know, just has to do with the procedures that you use, the culture of your team, and and having the right people and trained in the right way. What's what's the saying Jason uh CFO says to C- CEO what happens if we train these employees and they develop them and they leave the organization and the wise CEO says you know uh, what if we if, don't and they stay? What if we don't and they stay. That's right. That's, That's
0: right. right. What if we train them and they leave and the CEO says what if we don't and they stay. Now I know there's a lot of you that have heard that before but if you heard that for the first time Really stop and think about that. That is very, very vital and very important as a managerial principle.
1: Well, that's the definition of not developing employees, but also potentially quiet quitting, right? Mm -hmm. Someone stays, doesn't want to develop, has no intention of growing or uh, getting better at their role. You know, that's not somebody that I necessarily want in my organization.
0: One of the things that's next in the organizational engagement that I just see here that I just read, and it says the absence of support causes people to leave organizations. Now, that can mean a bunch of different things, but it kind of led in right to what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, When I hire a 45-year-old, the way that I have to train them should be the same, but it's not. But the way I have to train them versus a 25-year-old, I have two 24-year-olds and a 23-year-old working in my office right now, local listeners. I also just recently hired a 44-year-old person who I made my COO to help me with all this stuff. The 25-year-olds want support. They want guidance. They want their day written out for them. Even if it's them creating it, they don't know what to create. They don't know how to create. I can bring in a 45-year-old who used to be um, somebody with uh, admin at Amtrak but doesn't know insurance a day in their life. I can sit them down. And within two to three weeks, they kind of have their own routine. They're kind of going. And it's, and it's the first thing mm-hmm. where I've realized, like, and a lot of people would say, well, no, these people don't want to be, those young kids, they don't want to be told what to do. No, that's actually wrong. They've had parents like me, because I have a 23-year-old and an 18-year-old, who have literally babied their ass and told them, no, you go here. Five o'clock, you go here. Now it's time to go to piano lessons. Now it's time to eat. Now it's time to take a bath. So think about that. That's how we train our kids. And then we put them in a work environment. And all right, man, right over there. There's the desk. See you later. No. Doesn't work. It really never yeah. worked in the past. It really doesn't work today, and that's why that organizational engagement of having support, yes, but also structural support is important.
1: You know, one of the questions actually, I was on LinkedIn this morning as I was waking up, Jason, and got an alert, and I saw a conversation um, about interviewing and interview questions, and there was a list of questions. You've you've heard that there's some really stupid questions that some organizations ask, like. Uh, you know, what's your, what's your favorite board game? And if you were a car, what kind would you be? And, and yeah, there's a psychological aspect to that, but I mean, you're looking for creativity in some of those, but uh, they're dumb. Right. So, so like why waste anyone's time on that? Um, A lot of universities do this as I understand it, but um, you know, it's, it's an interview is not for entertainment uh, for the, for the person with power that is choosing. uh, So Travis and
0: I ask one question that's outside the norm. Okay. What's that? Do you consider yourself to be a lucky person? That's the only weird question we ask them. Okay. And we ask them that because we have found that people who feel that they are lucky, people feel who they've just got an extra step in life over other people. They're usually happier people. And it's ironic. It's ironic. You don't ever mess a depressed person that walks around saying they feel lucky right? You don't ever do that. And you don't ever meet people walking around who just love life saying they're feeling lucky that say they're depressed, right? So it's one of those things. So Travis actually brought that into our, um, our hiring practices four years ago. That's the only goofy question mm. we ask. And that is, do you find yourself, if you say no to that, you do not find yourself to be lucky. You better have a bunch of other strengths or Travis, you just immediately <coughs> went down in his book. He just the <laughs> way he thinks about it and he's been right so far. He's a way better hirer than I am.
1: Well, I'll tell you one secret, and that's that's what this LinkedIn article was talking about was these questions. But one of the questions they thought was inappropriate was, where do you see yourself in five years? And I always ask that of management or mid-management when I'm interviewing. Hmm. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Because Why I think if you don't have us? a, I don't have any idea, and I posted that, I, I'm eager to find out. So uh, those listeners that follow me on LinkedIn, we'll see if you can find that comment, and we'll see what the lady says. But hmm you know, I think showing a little ambition or some dream for the future, even if it's not related to the current job, uh, that's fine. And some people may be scared that, oh my gosh, if he thinks I'm not going to stay here five years from now, well, no, I'm not so sure anybody's going to stay with that in five years. You know, that's, that's the exception to have somebody that actually has very lengthy tenure anymore. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, you you want to get the right people. You want to ask the right questions. And to me, that question also gets to how I can support them in the course of that employment if they're chosen, because that's what our one on one meetings are supposed to be about when I meet with staff mm-hmm. every other week or once a month. You know, it's not only their goals and where are we at, because that should be a short conversation. They should already know what those are and have a progress update for me. Mm-hmm. But then, OK, how's it going on the on the growth and development side? Mm-hmm. Center for Creative Leadership says one of the key things that improves employee engagement at the organizational level is providing ample opportunities for growth and development. And if you don't offer these opportunities, your employees will simply look for work somewhere else that will. Mm -hmm. So I want my hires to know, yeah, we have a professional development budget and, you know, at certain level, you've got a little bit for both um, our foundation and the college
0: as well. If you had a, if you had a magic wand And you could uh, wave it over your job at any point in time to have the most important or the best job that you would want. What would that look like? Right. Asking that question to your employees gives them free reign. You're asking it. You're asking them to be creative. But boy, Mm -hmm. there's some stuff you can pull out of there because this is their chance to be like, man, if I did it, I would have a job where the phone never rang. That's your number one stress. I mean, that. That's something we could probably fix unless you're the receptionist. Yeah. But I mean, that, that, that's right. and, and then we could probably just get rid of you and get a different receptionist. But, anyways, the point is, is that no, you, you hear that stuff and you, you've got to ask those questions, those wild questions. If you could change, and I'll just tell you, that's what I also ask my nonprofit clients. I say, if there is, if you had a magic wand and you could wave it over all uh, your insurance agent and make them a perfect agent, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Whenever mm-hmm. they tell me, that's what I do because they're just yeah. now telling me what makes them excited and happy. Yeah. Yeah. So These are things you can do, but guess what this takes? Communication with your employees. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And sometimes that's the hardest part for people, Scott. Hence why we're well, talking about engagement.
1: It's, it all starts with leadership engagement. If you go back and listen to episode one on this topic of employee engagement and quiet quitting... You know, again, the, the four factors that drive employee engagement, it begins with leader engagement. So, and, and that's the point here with with organizational stuff, too, is they say the leader has to advocate for training opportunities.
0: How do you do that, Scott? What's One that look of the like first, for 2023 for you, your, your, your growth?
1: We have an employee that's going to be going through a leadership class. Uh, she will be delegated to a certain county that we serve with a major project going on. Nice. I cannot mind... I cannot mind a major project on one end of our college district and the opposite end of that college district. So you're letting
0: her create that part of the empire.
1: That's right. She is the governor of that county. (laughs) That's right. right. We'll be working with board members in that county. And she's going to go network and get to know uh, through this leadership program based at that chamber of commerce.
0: And how excited was she when you brought this up to her? I mean, it had to be when you said to her, hey, this is what we expect out of you, what we want. Here's what we're going to put into you. I mean, what was her feeling?
1: Well, I think uh it it certainly adds more substance beyond the database that she's managing. So I think she's pretty excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well said. That's good. Good for her. Good for her. You know, you never know when that person's busting their ass. Another, is anybody noticing? Is yeah. anybody noticing? And you are. That's good stuff.
1: Well, and, and another another manager is uh gonna get a, a right hand support staff person because she has grown her area. To the extent, and just over time, this area has grown to the extent that she needs help. And I think she's going to be very happy over the next year that she's got somebody she can train and that will be her right arm because we are helping more students and we are bringing in more money hmm. than we have in many years. Um, okay. So actually, our foundation was the number two uh, fundraising community college in the state of Tennessee this this year. So that's Any pretty local listeners.
0: Yep. It was my idea to do the podcast, but I decided to bring you the best. So that's why I brought Scott. See, there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well we're we're very proud of that uh you know you not the be. best not the best at several things but you know when you have that kind of engagement when you have that kind of team and you know my boss supports me in development and training um you know you, you hopefully improve as a group
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sure do we got about two or three minutes here as we wrap this up anything that of these four, these leadership, this job, this uh, team, uh, an organization, anything else that sticks out that you can give a real life example of something maybe you're doing as a leader or the job engagement? Anything, Scott? You know, um, I'm putting him on the spot, local listeners, so be, bear with him.
1: I, I think there's two things. Again, I, I go back to leader engagement, and how important that is. And, and as I said last episode, we need to do more. And I've got some ideas, Jason, for some podcasts on. Uh-oh. Uh, fundraising leadership and how for example, my boss empowers me because of his support of of what we do and mm-hmm. and a lot of CEOs or executive directors or organizational heads don't understand the fundraising shop enough. and so when you're in a complex environment or whether you're in a very simple environment, your board or your executive needs to understand what you do. Mm-hmm. and so I want to talk about that but I think the only reason, a leader who doesn't have training in this area can still be a fantastic leader for fundraising is because they're empathetic and they know their weaknesses. They know themselves. Wow. They know who they need to learn from. And and so as a leader, if we all will increase that self-awareness we know, as we said earlier, you know, we all have quirks um, and and that's just how we are. It's it's a factor of our uh, lens and our, personality and our experiences that we've been through but I think it's important to build that self-awareness um and part of that as we started this whole conversation is about staying engaged whatever your role is in the organization and control that that burnout know yourself well enough to know when you're getting uh that stress of productivity or that you are uh, feeling burned out and how to address that and and so I hope you go back and listen our uh, listeners to the prior podcast on that because there's a lot of links in the in the uh, notes and things where you can begin to take those steps in 2023 to know
0: thyself. That's right. So as we talk about in 2023, as we wrap this up, it is December 22nd of 2022. Um, so I guarantee you, you're listening to this in 2023 or after. And that's why we keep talking about that. And delegation is something that we've talked about today. I also, we're going to be bringing on um, more guests. You're going to see a lot more guests this year. Um, You're also going to probably see some different hosts coming in because Scott and I can only do so much. We have some producers in our office who do nonprofits and they actually have a list of executive directors that they want to bring on. So you're going to see us mixed in with them. You'll see them doing it on their own. But 2023 is going to be a very good year for us. Scott and I never started to do this to, to try and get huge downloads. You guys may remember if you've listened to some of the other podcasts, I have one of the number one, I have not one of the, I have the number one podcast in the insurance industry. So i have already doing that, but I understand the power of helping agents. And it was me and Scott getting together. I earlier said that it was my idea for the podcast and it wasn't Scott just knew that I had one and I could help him do it. But together, um, you know, We've got a couple thousand downloads and that's more than we ever could have thought of because really it's only helping one person matters. But we know we've helped more than that because I've talked to executive directors who have said, man, I got an email. Hey, this is great. Right. And the most I get replies from if when I say the most like I've gotten a handful of local listeners. This isn't like, you know, it's not I'm not Joe Rogan and they're just pouring in here. Um, But maybe you could, with your help, we can be. But I, I think what's important is that get a lot of feedback, Scott, from your one on ones with executives or, or some of your guests you bring in. OK, because it okay. seems like um, there's a lot of real life uh, stories. Stop. Hey, yeah, that. And uh, I just want you local listeners to know that Scott and I hear you and we're going to keep doing what we can to produce good content for you. All right. Scott, anything you want to say is the last thing in twenty twenty two? Happy New Year! <laughs> Happy New Year. That's right, and 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 Merry Christmas, um, to all of our American listeners and listeners around the world. Happy holidays. Um, but I just want to say thank you very much for being a listener. It means everything to Scott and I. And this has been MP Local Podcast, where we are here for you. I'm Jason Cass, and I'm Scott Neerman, and you are never alone. We're out.